Hey, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. I am super excited about today's <laughs> guest. Today's guest makes me want to put up my rose gold tree, Christmas tree, right now, but maybe decorate it for not Christmas, like something that she's like, she's very crafty. She makes me like really, really, really actually want to get my second Christmas tree and decorate it with the like early American history slash U.S. Constitution that I've always wanted to do. I just really, really want to. When you told me that we had, you know, a tree person, <laughs> this is not at all what I imagined. She's I legit had a tree person. To- it totally different in mind. And like, guys, when we say tree person, <laughs> this is not what you are thinking of when you think of a tree person. Jen is a Christmas tree ambassador. An all-around crafty-ass female to the max. Like, she is like, I mean, if we had like a Mount Rushmore of crafty-ass females, yes. she is like crafty-ass female. Great analogy. Like, <laughs> she a- is Amanda, Mount like, Rushmore. Amanda totally was like, she's a tree person. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, what? What are we going to talk about? I don't know what to do. No, but like, amazing. guys, you guys have to follow her. If you have the ability to follow her on Instagram while you listen to the podcast. Amanda, do you know what her Instagram is off the top of your head? At Jennifer, Jennifer Perkins. Perkins, yeah. Okay, at Jennifer Perkins. Go to her Instagram right now and scroll through her everything. It's amazing. She is, like, just the coolest. And it's so, like, when you said Mount Rushmore, that's what it is. There's, there's like, a huge wealth of how friggin' crafty this woman is. And you'll find out more about, like, her background and stuff. She's been on HGTV. Like, she's amazing. But, like, most recently she posted an Instagram of, like, just one little snippet of her house and Halloween decorations. And there was, like, ten different crafts in there. And I'm not talking crafts where you're like, wow, that's amazing. Anyone can do these crafts. They're modern, but also that old school, vintage like, hands dirty kind of thing. And they're amazing. She had one that, like, she bought from a vintage shop silhouette of children and then painted the skeleton on top of the silhouette Halloween decoration right there like it blew my mind it blew like she blows my mind yeah after we got off the interview I went on to hgtv.com and then I was like oh shit I totally watched her tv show when (laughs) I was in college she's amazing I like I'm like oh my god this is awesome She's like, and she's just, she just is cool. She's so cool. And I just think of her as like royalty. Like if we were to put like a crafty ass female, like queen, like on a throne that would like watch crafty ass females go by and like give them a head nod. She is the one like that's, she's just, you're right. Like Mount Rushmore. She's huge in my mind as far and as I like, love that we have her for like Halloween so because I mean, there are like, like Halloween people who are just totally 100% Halloween is their holiday. And, like, I don't feel like she necessarily fits that bill. Right. But she knows how to Halloween it up to the max. Oh, my God. So good. She even said, she's like, if you think I love Halloween, wait till Christmas. Like, she even goes crazy for Christmas. So I'm so excited to talk to her today. We have an insanely good interview. You guys are going to love her. And reminder, come over to the Awesome Ladies Project and we'll hang out and chat. Um, I haven't made us a URL yet, so do a whole thing and I will make us a URL. It'll probably be the awesome ladies project that slash crafty ass female because that makes the most sense. Right. Sure. So I will have that up by the time this goes live, the awesome ladies slash crafty ass female. And you'll have all the information you need to know to come and chat with us for free. And as always, 
we love you. You guys are the most amazing people on the internet. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being amazing. You can support us on Patreon still. All of our content goes up there. There's an amazing video with Jennifer at the end of the show with our after chatter show, like always. Um, and we're going to keep doing that, of course. All of our stuff is on Patreon. We love you. You are the most amazing listeners in the Crafty Podcast world. So let's get talking with Jennifer Perkins. Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Jennifer. Hello. I'm so excited you're here today. I feel like you perfectly encompass our podcast name. Oh, <laughs> you shucks. Are a, you are a crafty-ass female girl. I don't even know where to begin with you, but I'm going to try to do this intro. So here we go. Uh, side note, pulled from the DIY Network <laughs> website. But no, I love it. It says that you're a self-proclaimed ADD crafter, which... I don't think I'm ADD, but like when I look at how many things you do, I'm like, yes, oh my God, yes, oh my God, yeah. Like I almost feel ADD. Like I know what ADD feels like just looking at how many things you do, but also good. And I'm upset. It says here you started your creative career as a jewelry designer and you had a company, your company, Naughty Secretaries Club, grew into a blog and then a book and then a booming brand. Mm-hmm. That's super exciting. Can't wait to hear more about that. And then um, besides jewelry, you've done everything from embroidery to scrapbooking, um, I see so many things on your Instagram, styling and decor. And like, I feel like there's no end to like what you can craft. Yeah. So it says careers taken many twists and turns. So I know we have a question coming up about creative backstories. So I'm interested to hear like how you even begin. But I've been following you for so long. Um, I, I, I made a paper line with We Are Memory Keepers a while ago that had pineapples in it. And like, mm-hmm. I saw you were one of the first people that like posted about it or I was just like, I just love you, and I just love everything. You do. I know you're. Um, I know you work. You do like Christmas trees all year round. You're just super fun. So I'm so excited, and you have the podcast now, Creative Queso. Like even me describing you is like a little ADD, <laughs> which I'm obsessed with. So everybody, Jennifer Perkins on the podcast. Did all that sound correct? <laughs> It, and now I feel like I could just be like, "And we're done," because yeah. you just like summed it up. Like that's it. Oh. <laughs> Cool. But I mean, so I feel like every crafty ass female starts somewhere. So I'm assuming you were a creative kid and had a creative like upbringing. I mean, I did, but you know, it's funny. I get asked that question a lot and it's like, my mom was super crafty, like ridiculous amounts of crafty, but I don't, it's not like I have these like memories of us crafting like Mm. together, you know, she was kind of always doing like home decor things, but you know, if she was doing it, it's not like I didn't see her you know, mod podge in something or making a stiffy bow or painting some piece of thrift store furniture, you know, so I think so vicariously. Um, And then I really started making jewelry. Like my love of obnoxious jewelry started pretty early with like costume jewelry and things like that. And then I was making like earrings out of like fishing lures and selling them at like family garage sales. And one time I won the science fair because I had like toothbrush on one side and like toothpaste on the other <laughs> earring and so it's funny I just was like talking to somebody today about um Iris how do you say her last name Apple Apple you know what I'm talking about yeah 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 with all the obnoxious amounts of jewelry like you know who I aspire to be when I grow up and I was saying like you know Coco Chanel says like take something off before you leave the house 
like Iris and I are like, put like four more things on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have enough. So that all kind of, I think, started me in that like love of jewelry making. And then I also did a lot of, in my teenage years, like zine culture stuff. Like I used to do like a cut and paste zine, you know, and then scan it and copy it, which when I think about it now, I'm like, really, that was like scrapbooking. Or like journaling, like if I really think about it, like we didn't call it that. But yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> Much cooler to be zining. Exactly. <laughs> you know, sounds cooler with the kids. Did you feel growing up that you were like a misfit with all this craftiness, or did you have your people? Um, I definitely. You know, I grew up in like a a small Texas town. It's a much larger town now, but when I grew up, it was like you know us, Dairy Queen, and Safeway, and so I definitely like from a young age, you know, stood out. Like, I mean, I can remember being like called like Punky Brewster and Rainbow Bright, and you know, that's not to say there weren't other kids in the town like me, but there just weren't very many, and I don't remember any of us being particularly crafty I was definitely the only one I knew that did a zine you know my friends were supportive of it and would go with me to Dallas to like put it around in the record stores and one of my girlfriends like worked the night shift at Holiday Inn and I would go make copies there so I was kind of the only one that was crafty I guess per se but you know we all made it work somehow as friends <laughs> yeah that's really cool <laughs> it just it's it just is cool. Like, it just oozes cool. <laughs> to us. <laughs> and I was like, that I was taking it from the man and like making copies of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, like that you took, you know, that it just is resourceful. Like we talk a lot on the podcast about how craftiness is, you know, gluing paper to other paper and, you know, putting needle and thread together and crocheting shit and, but also it's, you know, getting the friend who has the job with the copy machine and then yeah. finding the other friend that will go to you to the city and just making it so that your thing can be a little bit bigger. Yeah. And, you know, and back then, like I was super into music, like before I did jewelry, I had like. I had a record label briefly with my husband and then I also used to write lots of like band reviews and interview bands for like my zine and then for other people's zine. So I think like writing my own zine was like a way of me to kind of like, I'm going to be crafty and I get to write about music. You know what I mean? And I have an excuse to go to the record store and I can use a glue stick. <laughs> so you know what I mean? It was like, a, it was a two for one special. <laughs> have you seen the Netflix documentary shirkers what is it you have shirkers? you have to watch it it's about this group of girls in oh my god where is it now is it the philippines or singapore i think it's singapore and they were zine girls growing up and they made a documentary and i don't want to give the whole thing away but like the documentary disappeared and then it's maybe my favorite do favorite documentary that I've seen really? in like the last ten years, and it's Jeez. it's so good. And I'm in between stories. I've binge watched everything, so you don't have to tell me twice to watch something <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> and the the, the sure. thing that you just said about how when you were zining, it really was journaling and scrapbooking, and uh -huh. so much of this documentary was like like pictures of their zines and pictures of what they did back in their, what was high school and young college years. 
And I felt so, like, connected to it because even though it was zines and music reviews and them being in uh, record stores and, like, because they were in Singapore, everything was that much more taboo. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And me being like, but they're scrapbooking. That's like art journaling. That's what that is. Exactly. It really is. Like if you, a lot of those that are like black and white, like my old ones, like they're black and white when you make the copies. But if you look at it, what I was like Xeroxing, I mean, it's all like colorful and collaged and cut and paste. Yeah. And it's not like I had like Canva, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you're having to like literally like put it together. They're like, mom, can I have your copy of like Country Living Magazine so yeah. I can cut out those letters or whatever, you know? Yes. yes, it is an amazing documentary. Everyone should go watch Sugars. It's on Netflix. It's like literally, you know, 100 minutes long. And I know what I'll be doing tonight. And it was on like the 10 shortlist. It didn't make the actual nominees, but it was on the 10 documentaries that were shortlisted for the Oscars. So like, good, good. Liking it. Okay. Done it done. And definitely we'll link to it in the show notes so people can check it out. Um, how did you go from like zining to like hosting HGTV? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was an overnight yeah. thing. They loved my review of the last <laughs> album and were like, we want to hire you. Um, gosh. So I guess kind of in that same wheelhouse, speaking of zines, you know, the whole like backstory, like I started Naughty Secretary Club, right? And then from there, I went to, I was featured in Bust, which, you know, in and of its own self is a zine, I guess, you know. Absolutely. I mean, now, you know, now it's official magazine, but, you know, when it got started, there was like Bust and Venus and all of those things. And so when I got that feature in Bust, that's kind of the story of like how I got to quit my day job. And from there, the, the trajectory just kind of started going, you know, like, I just got more and more features and, you know, and it was my full-time job. And then one of my girlfriends, Vicki Howe, got a job to host another show for HGTV. And then I went down to go visit her in LA. I was like, yeah, let's go to LA. Like I've never been. And I went on set and then I started talking with the producers and I was like, you know, we're in this group called the Austin Craft Mafia. And if, you know, they were like, what, <laughs> what's, what's a craft mafia. And then, you know, we kind of just told them about ourselves. And then from there, they, you know, kind of, I don't want to say interviewed us, but we all had to like, you know, sit in front of a camera and do a craft. I made like a charm bracelet and then we got our own show. And then from there I got my own show, Craft Lab. And so now, you know, no more TV shows for them, but I do still create content. Wow. But, you know, that's like a 10 to 15 year yeah. life. You know what I mean? Like there was yeah. a lot of like little, little, little in between. Yeah. <laughs> Which was the Naughty Secretaries Club mm -hmm. right? and then the blog and, and. No, I did have Naughty Secretary Club when I was hosting for them. I, that's true. I did have that because I remember like I would get all these orders and I had assistants here that were having to like help me like ship everything because I would have to go to LA to film it, you know, and be out there for like six weeks at a time. So about the same, same time the TV shows ended and my website broke was about the same time I started having kids. So I kind of just took that as a sign that I needed to like take a pause and kind of reevaluate what I was doing because I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling the jewelry making love that I was before. And then that's when I kind of started down that path of more general crafts and being kind of all over the place. But honestly, I'm happier now that I'm all over the place than when I was just in one crafty place. Now I can go to all the aisles of the craft store, <laughs> not just the bead store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
It's so true. It's so true. I, I sometimes walk down other ones go, I wish I knew how to use you and then walk right back. Right. I'm yeah, I'm sure y'all know. Like you feel that way with like I'm sure you get that way with scrapbooking. Like when it's your like day job, it's just like, dude, but I want to go burn wood. Yeah. You know, or whatever. <laughs> You're like, but I want to yeah, do that. like all the time. Sometimes I'll be like, Oh yeah, I have this Michaels like forty percent off coupon and I'll be like, Oh, <laughs> What if I use it on something I like have no idea how to use, and then I right. just like go home and YouTube it? It's like You're so crazy, right? It's just like <laughs> there's just like this like I don't even know what to call it like a like that a feeling you get like when you're a little kid. Yeah, it's a love of materials and that like the new thing like ooh new shiny thing new skill I mean I do this I do that all the time I mean me and Michael's like we have to break up every now and then because I just want to buy all the things I spend way too much money <laughs> coupons I hope I mean yes but it's like you know <laughs> how many like random like foil putter honors and foil <laughs> pastels and you know this that and the other does one person really need yeah are you like all self-taught or like self ex like you experiment with things and that's how they come about or like did you ever take a class for any of these crafts um mostly I'm self-taught you know it's not like I do it I mean I don't want to say that and like insult anybody. I'm saying this totally to insult myself. Most of the things I do, it's not like it's rocket science, you know, rocket science. I don't knit. I don't sew. I don't crochet. Like if I did those things, I would definitely have to take, and I have taken sewing classes and I can do some basic crochet, but I'm sure if I did something like that, I would have to take a class. But you know, most crafting, like you can just like look on the box and get right. the gist, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. I don't ever do any like overly complicated crafts. Like if there's like long instructions, like I'm done, I'm over it. Like even in real, real high techie crafts too. Like I start to like zone out. Like I want to use a cricket or a silhouette. I have like a brand new silhouette someone gave me, but I'm like, but there's computers and there's such a big, like, <laughs> I have to learn, ugh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to glue stuff to stuff. Like, if there's that big of a learning curve, I kind of just start to... Right. Just and, like, revert back to what you know. Or exactly. Like, or, like, pick... Because I'm thinking of the trees, right? Like, you as a brand ambassador, ambassador for Treetopia, like, and every few weeks, you know, you're like, a new tree is up. And I'm like, this is so amazing. But, like it's applying like what you know so well to like a new thing. So that makes it new. Like, like yeah. And I mean, you don't need to take a class to fluff a tree. You right. know what I mean? yeah. like, that's like, that's one of those things. Like I couldn't like, you know, like how could I make like tree fluffing one oh one and like sell that class? Like I wish I could make that a master class, but some of that stuff too, is just like your eye, you know, and like your taste and, and my taste level is questionable most of the time. I mean, <laughs> we all know that I like, I skew very kitschy and very, you know, questionable, but yeah, I mean, that's just not something like I could take a class on really for a lot of what I do. But what I tend to do then is maybe make like a DIY ornament, which is just like, you know, a paint pen, a hot glue gun and some pom poms. So, but I mean, and this is totally personal question. Don't I don't know if it's totally personal. Maybe that's not right. Anyway, don't you feel like to have a style that veers on kitsch, as opposed to a style that veers on like modern. Like I feel like modern is a skill in of itself to know like 
or maybe not modern is never like classic is a skill in of itself to know like what the majority is gonna like look and what's look for and what like the world is kind of asking of right but mm -hmm. pitch is like a skill set that's like what do the what don't they even know that they want like you know what i mean kind of yeah. and and then I feel like Treetopia saying like, we have all these trees and all these different colors. Like you would have to get that job because they know that if they gave you a yellow tree, you would make a, like something like a pineapple out of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like uh -huh. only kitschy skilled people, maybe that's not true either. Most kitschy skilled people have that skill set. You know what I mean? Am I making sense? No, I know. I know what you mean. Like yeah. I feel, I feel that way. Like, um, I think it's both, you know what I mean? Like there's people that can like curate things, you know what I mean? And that in and of itself is a skill. So like whether you curate things that are very sleek and minimal and modern, or you curate things that are very like over the top and kitsch, you know what I mean? Like they're both skill sets. Cause you kind of have to have an eye for how to style a vignette and what, you know, and I know people that have like 20 times more kitschy things than me, but you know, they may not, they may not put it on a shelf and style it in a way that HGTV or country living or somebody wants to feature it. Yeah. You know? But there's also that like combo skill set. Like, you know, I think of it with kitsch. I think of it as like, my husband was just saying, he read this article about the Dallas museum of art, how they only keep 20% up of 20% of their collection up at all times. You know, that's 80% of the paintings they own are in storage at one time. And it's like, I just got through decorating for Halloween and you know, someone normal might walk in and be like, dude, it looks like Halloween threw up in your house. But really there's like 80% of it is still up in my attic. Like I rotate it out, you know? So I think even with kits, you have to have, you have to be able to edit or it's just right. going to look like, right. Yeah. Or it's just going to look like the thrift store threw up in here and the visual chaos is just going to be too much. So, you know, you have to, you have to do both. I do have to have a little bit of a minimal using that term with air quotes loosely, all the things. <laughs> I love that you made that distinction though, because that's what I, my brain was doing that, but you kind of showed how it could be like a melding of both. That's, mm -hmm. that's a good point. I'm glad you said that. So as an ADD crafter, how do you kind of make that work for you? Like what does the typical day look like? Does it ever look the same? Um. You know, since I've gotten more into the general crafts, like I mentioned, it's been better for me. So like, you know, than it was when it was like all jewelry all the time, because I do have a harder time like doing the same thing over and over and over again, for better or for worse, I just do. So, you know, a typical day for me is like most people, you know, I wake up, I take the kids to school, I walk the dogs and then I, you know, maybe I email, but really I freelance for so many companies it's more like I get up and I go like who am I working for today mm. do you know what I mean because like I create content for so many different places and people and then I have my own things and then I have the podcast so I kind of have to get up and be like who am I working for today like you know what's due first and kind of go from there does that make sense and so then once I've kind of realized I don't know you know what I need to do today then I kind of go down that track it's like I was thinking about it and it's like today like within the last couple of days like I've had to like make up little content and pitches about like hot glue and craft storage I interviewed a junk journal maker and enamel pen producers on the podcast this week I just like decorated for Christmas all day yesterday I talked to one of the editors for El Decor magazine about Christmas trees like 
I stuffed goodie bags for the next caftan in case. So it's just like all over the place, you know, it's all about the list. I got to have my little, my paper list, right. mark it off, you know? Yeah, that was going to be my question. So how do you keep track of all that? With the list, I'm like, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm like anybody else, like stuff slips through the cracks. Like I mess up, I miss deadlines. Like I'm that person that like, you know, I'm emailing the company going like, can I have one more day? Because, you know, because the 25 other companies I work for. (laughs) Exactly. Because Kristen recommended this Netflix show and I know I should have been working, but I watched it instead. I don't really say that, but that's probably what happened. But yeah, but I mean, I do. I like, I am like a lister. Like I love, like, love me a list in my, you know, and I have the planner with the stickers and the things and it doesn't always help, but I do have to keep a list with like, you know, whatever, like the kids need their school t-shirts. And then I have to like write back Goodwill about the Halloween home tour. And then I have to, you know, do this and do that and blah, 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 blah. So otherwise it just, it gets lost in the ether. Is the list in a planner or is it just like a sheet? Well, since you asked, <laughs> I have two, like I keep like one of those like pip sticks planners, you know, those oh, yeah. like with all the stickers. Yeah. And then I keep, um, you know, for a hot second earlier this year, I was like big on doing like morning pages, but you know, that only lasted for a few months. So now sometimes I'll do like a morning paragraph or a couple of sentences maybe, but within that, like every Monday, it's a separate notebook. I make like a big long list of like what needs to be done. And you know, there's always like carryover things. Yeah. There's always that thing that like I was supposed to do two months ago that I still haven't done that. Like I just avoid it. So it can torture me at night when I'm trying to go to sleep, those kinds of things. So. <laughs> Nice. So like you do so and like the morning pages is um like a practice where you write. And so like you make sure on Monday you write your list out. And- exactly. And that kind of I mean that kind of helps me. Like if I write it all out, like at least I like know it's like there and it like helps relieve the anxiety of all the things. You know, just when I can like see it and start marking things off. Like for me that that helps my neuroses. Nice. Have you ever had crafters block? Uh, yeah. I mean, like anybody else, I get crafters block. Not, I mean, not too often. You know, I do well when I work in parameters. And a lot of times when I create content for people, they'll come to me and say, and I'm sure y'all get this, like, we need 10 whatevers, you know, in this genre. And like, I love me some parameters. Like when I have that, I'm just like, oh, you watch, I will make you 20. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. thought there was only one way to make a pom-pom. Oh, I'll show you. <laughs> but, you know, so that helps. But, you know, when I do hit writer's block or crafter's block, you know, for me, I usually, like, I'll go to the thrift store or I'll go, like, you know, to a flea market maybe if there's one going on. And that always kind of seems to get me inspired. And because there's always so much to look at it, like a thrift store, like old, you know, craft books or I'm big on, like, vintage fabric for, like, color combinations and you know, all of the things. So just, you know, something, something vintage, even a trip to the antique mall will do it for me usually. Yeah. I was going to ask that about like crafters block and then inspiration, like where do the ideas come from? But they usually are sparked by like one thing you'll see. Mm-hmm, like exactly. I know you did the, you did a wreath that you posted. Was it a cat wreath? Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. So cute. Like well, you have it. And that was like one of those, like, you know, DIY Network wanted 10 yeah. Halloween wreaths. And yeah. so it's like, all right. So, you know, then there's pumpkins and there's cats and there's owls and there's moons and there, you know, and then you just kind of start going down the, down the list. And then, like you said, like one thing will spark, like, 
I don't know why, like I looked at this like old necklace that I made back when I did Naughty Secretary Club, this crazy obnoxious necklace. I was looking at it that I still have that I always loved. And I was like, dude, I, it's funny you mentioned the yellow Christmas tree. Like I'm obsessed. I keep thinking about it. I'm like, I'm going to decorate that yellow Christmas tree in those same <laughs> colors as that giant necklace. Like, I cannot wait to decorate. Like I just got Halloween up and like now I'm already ready to like tear it down and like decorate this like Christmas tree of my dreams <laughs> necklace. <laughs> yeah. So we can expect that coming up in December. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, watch out for that. I'm sure it'll be decorated before Halloween because that's just the way <laughs> work goes for me. You know what I mean? My kids are like, okay. but mommy, it's not even Halloween yet and the Christmas trees are up. It's like, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your favorite holiday? Or do you have one? Um, does it vary? It, I mean, it definitely, I have the most Halloween and Christmas. I do love Easter because I've noticed that there's like the tackiest of the decorations comes out at Easter. Like, so true, which makes me love it the most. Like, vintage Easter is so tacky it cracks me up and that just makes like I literally one of my prized possessions I remember I was with a group of my friends two of which were interior designers and they were appalled but I was like hysterically happy is I found this bunny from like the 50s or the 60s made out of he's like an Easter basket he's made out of an old bleach bottle and like you know somebody like cut his stomach out so you could put the (laughs) fake Easter grass in there and the candy and then they glued like plastic wrapping stuff like all over him and made him like he's a bleach bottle bunny and he is like amazing like hideous but amazing (laughs) and i'm assuming he's up in your attic and stored somewhere you couldn't bring him down for after chatter show and tell no no i couldn't he's up in the garage attic i've got two attics like (laughs) easter fourth of july and valentine's day live in the garage attic so he's I would. I'll tag you in a picture of him on Instagram. <laughs> if you think about it. No, no big. Um, I love it. I love it. That sounds amazing. That sounds like so many of the things that like we've been talking to millennial homeowners on the podcast and anyone who's found things in like the super old homes that are just like, okay, well, this has been in this house for like 50 or so years. And it's that cross between like hideous but like you can't stop looking at it oh that's are my favorites it's, right it's amazing <laughs> i know i always say like i was just telling somebody this the other day that like i have like a giant gallery wall in my house now don't get me wrong like everybody thinks of me as kitsch but let me say that my house has been featured places like apartment therapy and house when it's totally normalified and looking you know, more minimal and, you know, got the kill them rugs out and everything. And there's, <laughs> and there's no bleach bottle bunnies to be found. But I was talking about like the art I collect and like my favorite kind of art is the art that you're like, did a kid do that? A genius or a totally crazy person? Like I cannot decide, but it's amazing. It's amazing. I see on your, like the art, that's your picture. So you don't see oh. now, but like it's the lady in the back. Did you do that? Yeah, I painted that one. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, add that to the list every blue moon I yeah. paint. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And you host a podcast. So let's jump right into Creative Queso. Um, so why did you decide to start one? You're like, well, I, you know, I guess I was like, everybody else has one. I yeah. want one. <laughs> uh, you know, part of it was because. I've always loved doing interviews. You know, I mentioned I interviewed bands and then 
you know, I've always, I've through the years, I've done things like been like the DIY editor at like blog her and places like that. And I did a lot of interviews with creatives then. But one of the things I kind of just started to realize is that I was starting to really miss that like conversations with just other creative ladies like y'all, you know what I mean? And like, sometimes life just gets busy and I can't go to all the places I used to go to all the conferences and take you know, weird classes and go to all the meetups. And it's like, you just can't always do that. And then I was just like, well, I don't think I realized it when I started it. That was why. But once I started it, I was like, I just want to have friends in my closet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And then I see Kristen, I see you like power nodding at me. You're like, mm-hmm, I know exactly what you mean. But yeah, that is, that's kind of why. And then, you know, I also thought back to like when I lived in, you know, small town Texas growing up, bringing it back to the zine culture, there just weren't a lot of people like me or a lot of other zinesters. And so zines were kind of that lifeline for me to realize like, oh, there's other people out there like me. And I know not everybody lives in a town like Austin where there's caftans and queso or boss babes or those things. So, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, podcasts are for people, you know, like that too, that are just out there and they live in a little bitty town and they can't get out and they think like one day I want to be, you know, crafty and paying the bills, you know, then it's like, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, so that's what the listeners can expect. It's kind of you, you know, showing them via conversations, how they can have like this creative business or creative career. Exactly. Well, and you know, the thing is, is like, I've always like, love as much as I love crafting the other thing I've always loved is geeking out on like marketing and business and all of those kinds of things and reading all the business books and you know when I first started my website you know before there was Pinterest and podcasts and YouTube like I was all about reading all those like guerrilla guides to marketing and this and that because at the end of the day like business is business is business you know and like I've been featured in like Inc. and CNN Money and the Wall Street Journal for business things just because like I love it like I geek out on it like Naughty Secretary Club was in the Wall Street Journal um I think they thought it made a lot more money than it did <laughs> but uh you know one of the things I found is for people that want to make a living at it is you have to be as savvy at marketing and social media as you are at crafting like I used to always say when I did jewelry like there's a million girls out there that make better jewelry than me they just don't know how to get it in front of like editors at magazines and you know those kinds of things so I think you have to have both so that's what I try to do the interviews on creative queso about it's kind of like you know how how have those people made their creative businesses work so interesting so what is what is calf dance in case and, which is so funny to think because you, you said caftan before because that's what they're called, but I've always thought they were called caftans. Oh, caftans? Yeah, but they're caftan. It's a caftan. Yeah, like think of, I'm going to give you some visuals right now and this may date me. Okay. Either like Miss Roper from Three's Company <laughs> or like, I can't think of her name, like on Bewitched, like her mom with the yeah. red hair that like shapeless floor length maxi gown in an obnoxious psychedelic color like that's a caftan which I collect and I love because I have a house with a pool and so when I got the house I was like I'm gonna start collecting caftans so like everybody that comes over can lounge like it's Miami 1963 and then I you know then because I'm just that person and I love a theme and it rhymed with queso (laughs) but then you know like we're about to have our second one and I also kind of got to thinking to myself when you tell everybody like it's a costume thing at a social at like a networking event and it's like a giant shapeless obnoxious 
costume, like somehow I feel like it lowers people's like inhibitions or I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like people, there is something about lounging around in a giant moo-moo that you're just like, yeah, let's, let's talk. Like, let's do anything. You know, you're not in your totally. girdle and your shapewear and like trying yeah. to look cute. You're like, I'm trying to look obnoxious. And yeah. <laughs> right. Like, and I also think it's like, you're showing up knowing you'll be accepted because you've arrived with the prescription which is like yeah exactly you know and like if nothing else like everybody's going up to everybody like oh my god that one's so amazing like where did you get I mean it's all about business but like I said everyone's on an equal playing field when you show up in in a caftan that is so fun and the pictures look good I mean come on it's all about the pictures at the end of the day (laughs) yeah totally but you have the girls together to like talk about creative business. So it's just an extension of the podcast. It's just like you doing a live event. Like exactly yeah. like, okay. So slight backstory. When I did Austin craft mafia, there was only like 10 of us. Right. And so lots of people were like, Oh, I want to be in the Austin craft mafia. But since it was, since it was such a small group, we created a thing called the babes in business. Actually it was the babes in business bonanza because <laughs> can't stop alliterating. Uh. Stop alliterating. Anyway, <laughs> Um, so that was like a, a monthly get together for people that ran crafty businesses here in town. So I think, you know, along with realizing, I just loved like talking to other creative business owners with my podcast. I also realized like I miss hanging out in person in giant groups and that energy when you get a bunch of people together that all have a creative business and they're just like, you know, and I can be like, Oh, so-and-so you need to come over here and meet so-and-so and you need to meet so, you know, and like putting people together. Like, I just love that. Like makes me so happy to be like, you know, Oh, you want to write a kid's book? Oh, my friend over here is a kid's book illustrator. Like you guys should hang out. So I feel like yeah. I'm a match. I'm matchmaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a calf game, I feel like everyone calf tan, Caftan. Although one of the girls told me that her daughter thought she was saying a calf tan, like, you know, like your leg, like it was going to get a tan. She was like, so you're only going to tan your calves? And she was like, no, but I was like, but I like that. Like, yeah, that will help me remember it, actually. It, it sounds like me on like a rough day with my self tanner. Like, I've had it happen, honey. I know. I had mean. a calf tan. <laughs> That's a, but that, I will never forget now, I guess. But love it. But at the same time, I feel like these, you know, in-person events and the like feeling bubbling up inside that you need to make a podcast, you need to have these conversations. Do you feel it's because like social media has become, even though it's important, like I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it because you use it so well, I think. And then you just previously mentioned, like you understand it's important as a businesswoman, but it's so not that, do you know what I mean? That, that like seeing someone in person is or, mm-hmm. or just like this right now. Like I feel like I make all kinds of connections and d- people DM, but it's not this. It's never this. Mm-hmm. This like richness. No, I know what you mean for sure. Like, I mean, I think it's a necessary thing and I think you can make connections. And I think sometimes like, it can lead to other connect. I mean, cause like you and I, like you and I are sitting here doing this podcast because I posted a picture and it had your, you know, your pineapples on it, you know, and that was through social media. And now here we are like, so I think it can sometimes. And a lot of times, you know, I reach out to people if I'm going to their city, you know, and like connect that way. But I mean, you're right. I mean, you definitely can't 
have, you know, the one-on-one action like you could at an in-person thing or via like a podcast interview or, and then, you know, I go back and forth too about, it was funny, the girl I just interviewed for this week's podcast is, um, her name is Becky Helms and she has a website called the Pink Samurai, which she does enamel pins, but she's also really good at social at Instagram and social stuff. And one of the things we were talking about is like, what does better for Instagram, like a quick witty little like you know comment or you know the post your little thing underneath I'm blanking on the word or you know some people are writing these like 14 paragraph long like and here's how I was feeling today and blah 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 blah. and I'm just like you know like really trying to connect via Instagram and I don't know which one is the the right way to go I'm not sure how I feel about it like I'm still you know pretty pretty short quips on my (laughs) side but I see people trying to go deeper yeah that's true. I have to. I tend to go, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's go I, mean, I know. And that's the thing is like, I was saying that I was like, man, I'm that person. that's just like heart, heart, like this picture, like this picture. And then I like the worst is when you like, like the picture and then you like, it's a cute picture. And then you like glance at the caption and it's something heart wrenching. And you're just like, Ooh, yeah. I didn't mean to like, you know, you're on Facebook. Like, I didn't mean to smiley face emoji this. Like, I didn't right, know yeah. the caption totally contradicted the picture. Like, right. I'm not really reading a thing you say. I'm just looking <laughs> at your pictures. Yeah. <laughs> right. When there was only likes on Facebook. Right. Exactly. Like, I need more ways to tell you how I feel. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. tricky. Yeah. It's a little tricky, but I feel like if you think of, like, like you were just right there, the point you made about, like, the reason we're here is because of an initiation that happened on like Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever. And when you think about that, like I was like, it makes so much more sense to view it that way. Like if, if social media is the initiator, cause I think that social media initiated Kristen, like how many of our interviews well, because we would be connected via that first. You have to think of social media as like the town square. Yeah, I don't think I do. And whether it's Facebook, whether it's, Twitter, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Snapchat, whatever the, you know, the internet is like the real world in certain ways. And social media is like the public sphere. And what you post on social media is like you putting up things in what used to be, you know, the middle of the street. Mm. And like on Instagram, sometimes only two to three percent of the people who quote unquote follow you get to see it. Mm. And Sometimes, you know, people who really want to put a huge amount of effort into that are going to definitely see a return on their investment. Whether it's a worthwhile return on their investment is a personal decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, like, I have a heart, like, I get social media better lately with my podcast, because I have a thing that I'm promoting. Mm -hmm. And I have a harder time with it sometimes with my Jennifer Perkins Instagram, because it's like, I'm not selling anything. I'm not trying to, like, put you some, you know what I mean? Like, it's a harder, like, it's like, it's all look at pictures all the time kind of thing. Does that make sense? Like, it's not like I'm promoting a podcast. It's just like, hey, here's a corner that I styled, like, here's another Christmas tree. I don't know. You know, I have a harder time, like, writing the description and totally. And connecting you're not with like, people. and Yeah, and if you're not a person that's normally going to go out into the middle of the street and say, like, hey, new Christmas tree over here. Exactly, yeah. Then, like, it, it's, you know, quote, unquote, not natural. Like, it's not natural yeah. for the brand. That's what I mean, yeah. So, like, I, I would town squire 
my podcast, totally. not so much my Christmas tree. So exactly. And like, I think that's like, that's the lens that I've always seen the internet through. And like, that's how MySpace was. That's how mm-hmm. Live Journal was. And with the, the advent of internet 2.0, when everyone joined a social media network and like these town centers really became town centers and everyone literally was posting and putting stuff out there. The idea that you had to be posting and putting stuff out there was now in everyone's face, whether you were a person, whether you were a brand, whether, you know, whatever it is that you were doing, it needed to also have an internet presence. Yeah. Which is not looking at it like a town square. Well, sure it is. Uh, I mean, like if you're a person, but like, if you're also uh, a brand, like, you know, some people like to be out in the town square. Like, you know, some people love to go out on the town on Friday and Saturday nights. That's just the type of people they are. And, you know, some businesses love to be on the main street because that's the type of business they are. Whereas, like, I'm the type of person that loves to sit in my house on Friday and Saturday night. Like, I live in a college town. If I went out on Friday and Saturday night, oh my god. It would be awful. I hate We're that going I can, deep like, with this metaphor. I know. It's all like, <laughs> oh, I'm such an internet child. So, like, the, the way that I think about the internet is, like, it's bad. I'm sorry. Um, but I think it's a good thing, too. I also, like, you know, like, how Amanda and I met, like, I definitely think it's, like, a gateway drug to meeting lots of other crafty friends. Because, you know, I mean, how many times have you met someone and you're like, oh, this was my internet friend first and then you like get to meet them in person like you know I feel that way like I have it happen a lot like people will reach out and be like hey I'm gonna be in Austin like somebody I know online or somebody that I interviewed for the podcast or you know like I just had like Natalie from Natterdoodle she lives in Ohio and she was in town teaching and then you know she reached out we had dinner now all of a sudden I'm going to Ohio and staying at her house like you know but we just met over Instagram first so I don't, you know, I don't know. Like I've, I found it to be. Internet friends are magic. I know. It's like online dating. I make all these friends and I I don't have to swipe on them or whatever. I don't know. I've been, I've been married 20 years. (laughs) I don't know how all those things work. (laughs) And it's, it's such a great way to find people who are already into the things that you're into. Yeah, because you can go through their pictures and be like, yeah, no. Right? This isn't going to work. I can tell right now. Exactly. You're way too, mi- you're way too minimal for me. Let's go ahead. <laughs> Before there's hurt feelings, let's go ahead and break up. <laughs> and I think, well, I think that's, like, really good for us crafters, too. Because you can be like, ooh, you like stickers? And you put stickers on this? Okay, we'll be best friends. Absolutely. Let's right. let's totally be friends. Because we talk a lot on the show about how hard it is to make adult friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, the internet has made that so much easier. It has. It's true. Yeah, and then, you know, once you have, like, kids and, like, things like that, then it gets even harder because you're like, I only have so much free time, like, away from yeah. my kids. So you have to, like, super edit. And nothing's more irritating than, like, you use your edited time and you're, like, sitting somewhere and, like, stuck in a completely vapid conversation. And you're just yeah. like, oh, my God, I wasted my night out on this. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, like, it's hard. And then you got to be picky and, like, boy, adulting is hard. Adulting is hard. That's another 
topic we often talk about. It really it's is. It's complex. Yeah. We'd like say existence is <laughs> Seriously. That's true. It's so oh. true. Okay. So season Give it to me. five. We are on season five of this podcast. It's crazy. Um, so this season we are asking everybody about reflection. In what ways do you bring reflection into your personal life or creative practice? Jeez, I didn't get to that homework in my in my uh, to do list. <laughs> Show notes that goes deep. Um, so you mean like reflecting back on like past crafts? Can you use this term reflection in a sentence, an example <laughs> for me? Yeah, literally anything. How do you do? You reflect back on past crafts? Do you reflect back on past businesses that you've owned? and use either of those in the things that you're doing now? Do you have specific, I'm gonna say traditions? Okay, I was like, in my mind, I was going like really deep on this, like, as I look back and reflect on my life, <laughs> clearly we weren't going that way. Okay, I got you, I'm in. <laughs> I see where we're going now. No, I definitely do reflect back, you know, and talking about like Instagram and social media, like sometimes like, I'm so glad that that like documentation like exists, especially like for me say like I use the hashtag Halloween with Jen. So, you know, I'm kind of like filling up my scheduling tool and seeing what have I posted recently and blah, you know, what did I post last year in Halloween? And I can go back through that hashtag and kind of reflect back or, you know, or see like what was popular or see things that go like, Oh yeah, I forgot. Like I really loved making that. Like I need to go back and do that kind of thing. Kind of the same thing too, you know, it's like Facebook memories will pop up and you're like, Oh, good times that was a fun one or whatever you know and you know and I was talking about like the morning pages and stuff I've always even if I'm not like making like deep and profound you know notes about like all my feelings and the things like I've always been a like a journaling person and writing down like to-do lists or things I'm thinking about or sketching you know craft designs like in a spiral notebook and so I always keep those you know and then I can go back through and be like oh yeah you know I never really fleshed this idea out from this notebook but maybe like now it's more clear to me about like how to make that happen so I definitely do reflect back I mean I've been in this business a long time you know so there's a lot to you know different things to reflect back on and I find a lot of times within my career it's, it's you know it'll be cyclical you know what I mean so reflecting kind of happens whether I want it to or not sometimes totally yes absolutely and also going back on your hashtags and seeing what you liked and what you like want to do that's like fantastic I love that yeah, I mean, in a way, like, if you do your own hashtags, it's, like, a way for you to kind of, like, just organize it for yourself. It's, like, I don't yes. care if anybody else clicks on Halloween with Jen. Like, I'm going to click on it. It's helpful for me. Right? <laughs> so. Absolutely. That's fantastic. I absolutely love that. Thanks. So to conclude the episode, we're going to do our currently round, which is based off of Kristen's currently card, which any one of our listeners can get at theawesomeladiesproject.com. And we just kind of read through it on the podcast. And Jen, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. What are you currently watching? Well, I'm going to go watch that Netflix documentary after this. But um, today I was watching, they just released season three of Victoria on Amazon Prime. So, you know, going through that monarchy, trying to figure out who was married to who and who was whose dad, like, it gets confusing. Good one. What are you currently reading? 
I am currently reading. I would say I'm currently listening. I'm definitely like an audiobook person. Like I joke that I have crafty ADD, but I literally legit have like ADD like <laughs> half since I was in high school. So like <laughs> reading is hard for me. Like I'm 10 pages in and I'm like, what did I just read? I have yeah. no idea. But I'm listening to The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters by Priya Parker, which I am really loving, not just because I'm hot and heavy into caffeine in queso but it's a really great book i suggest it that sounds awesome yeah have you not Kristen? you have a puzzled look on your face have you not heard of that book or seen it no it sounds amazing it's really good i mean even like i was telling my husband like i was like you should listen to it about like meetings at your office and like i really it's like it's got so many things that are applicable over so many different like you know how to have like dinner parties that are more meaningful i'm enjoying it thoroughly I would love to have dinner parties that are more meaningful. <laughs> right? I know. Maybe we can go into a little bit of that in after chatter because I have a question kind of like that about events. But anyway, well, uh, do you, do you, um, audiobook while you craft? I do. Yeah. Or, you know, I do that a lot, like in the car, like if I'm driving or going somewhere. When I craft, I tend to either like Netflix or music more, but sometimes I do like listen to the book. Okay. Take three. What are you cur- <laughs> what are you currently listening to? I am currently just kind of listening to whatever pops up on my Spotify playlist. I love a good theme, so I roll through like my like old country or duets or you know, I was listening to Nick Cave and Eurasia earlier today, so I'm kind of all over the place. Well, I love duet playlists. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> what are you currently making? You know, I'm hot and heavy into Halloween right now. So I feel like I am, it's all Halloween all the time at the moment. Um, but, you know, I've kind of fallen back in love with like junk journaling and book binding. And so I'm gravitating. I'm heavy into ephemera at the moment. Right, so like junk journaling is just like collection and, and layers. Is that junk journaling? It is kind of, yeah. And so like I... I was kind of late to the scrapbooking, smash booking game. Like, you know what I mean? Like when I heard of like scrapbooking, I was like, oh, and then somebody sent me like smash books and all those things. And I was like, oh yes, now we're talking. (laughs) And so then um, it's kind of that same thing where it's just kind of like lots of patterns, lots of layers, like picture what you think my house or my Christmas tree would look like in collaged (laughs) paper form. So I hoard a vintage ephemera just like I do vintage holiday decor. Nice. (laughs) Nice. I love that junk journaling. Cool. What are you currently feeling? Oh, I guess currently I'm feeling a little uh, scattered and stressed because I have, I have lots of things going on and like, you know, it's like you come from the summer where it's like, oh, everything's so chill and there's nothing going on. And then, you know, holidays are my busy season. So now suddenly like everybody's coming out of the woodwork, like, do you want to create Halloween content for us? It's just like, you know (laughs) what I mean? It's like, nobody wanted to talk to me a month ago and now I'm everybody's (laughs) best friend. So feeling a little scattered, but it'll all. I'll get my handy list together. It'll all work out. Yeah. And somehow that scatter turns into like, oh. God willing. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you currently planning? 
I, you know, I don't have anything like major that I'm planning. Like, I guess when you say planning, it makes me think of a trip. So like my, <laughs> I'm hoping to go to the Madonna Inn with a bunch of my girlfriends in the first week of November, because I will be done with all of the Halloween, all of the things that's before Christmas. And Madonna Inn is like a hotel in San Luis Obispo where every room is a different, like kitschy wonderland. Ah. So I'm hoping that will be my paradise and my reward for making it through Halloween alive. That sounds amazing. Nice. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and lastly, what are you currently loving? Gosh, what am I currently loving? You know, I tend, well, I'll tell you what I'm currently loving besides like having Halloween tunnel vision right now. So I'm all about like all the Halloween things, but, um, I am very into organizing my craft supplies. I don't know why, like as much stuff as I have, like I find visual chaos can also really throw me off. And I just got one of those um, scrap boxes, you know? And so like color coding it and organizing it and like making it all pretty and my kids like all in it to win it. But then, you know, finding like my own vintage kitschy things that fit in there, like my vintage lunchbox collection, because I can't have like, all new all the time so that's what i'm currently loving is how rainbow organized that is i love rainbow organization uh, yeah <laughs> i see, I see yeah, that kristen, rainbow behind you kristen it makes me so happy i know yeah. <laughs> me too <laughs> man this interview is so fun you are so fun oh you guys are too thanks for having me this was absolutely Yay. wonderful guys thanks for listening we will be back next week and I hope that you all have a wonderful rest of your week. If you want to catch us on the After Chatter Show, head over to craftiestfemale.com slash pa- I can't say the word slash at the end of an interview. I just never can. <laughs> it literally is the one word that I can't say at the end of the interview. So it's season five. We're going to have the audio, the, the audio <laughs> recordings that I promised we would have done for season five. True, true, so true. here's the outro. Have a great week, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. You can catch the After Chatter show at patreon.com slash craftyassfemale, and you can join us in our community at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash craftyassfemale. Join us for episode discussion. We can't wait to hear what you think about this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening to Crafty Ass Female.